everyone, and welcome to another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. I am your host, Amy Gray Cunningham, and I am here today with a very special guest. Her name is Lisa, and she is an energy worker, a workshop leader, and the author of Chakra Empowerment for Women. And we, we are in for a special session today as we talk to Lisa about everything to do with chakras and energy healing. Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and, and about your book? Yeah, well, thank you, Amy, first of all, for having me on and for covering these topics. And yes, I help primarily women, but I also work with men connect to their energy bodies, which may be a new concept for many people. But many ancient traditions modeled an energy anatomy, just like our physical anatomy. And a lot of people have had contact with these traditions and don't realize it because yoga, where you can, which you can find almost anywhere now, actually is based on energy body mappings, not only physical body mappings. And acupuncture, which a lot of people also may have experimented with, or acupressure massage, is also based on energy body mappings that intersect with the physical body mappings. So there's really, it has become more mainstream than a lot of people realize. That's pretty interesting. I hadn't really thought about acupuncture as well. I mean, I've, I've actually gone to some acupuncturists and I've had acupuncture done, but I really haven't thought about that. A lot of your, your own work is, is chakra focused. Tell it, tell the listener, you know, what are the chakras and how can someone who's new to them work with chakras and energy? Chakras are energy centers and in their, in our energy anatomy, you could think of them like the organs, like in our physical body, we have our circulatory system. We have the systems that carry lymphatic system, circulatory system, skeletal system. And then we have our organs, which are like the big functioning units in our physical body. Chakras are like that too. Our energy body has all these channels and acupuncture that we were just talking about actually works more with the flow in the channels. But the chakras are more the centers. They're like the organs. And there are different chakra mappings from all over the world. They aren't just from Eastern traditions. There's actually energy center mappings from all over the world. Although the word chakra is an ancient Sanskrit word. So from ancient India and that part of the world, but you find similar mappings all over the world, which is really interesting. And the main chakra system that has become most familiar in the West is a seven chakra system with seven energy centers running up the center of the body from, you could say your tailbone or right in front of your spine at the very base, all the way up to the top of your head. And each of those seven centers maps on the physical body side with different organ systems. And then on the more psychological side, they map to different aspects of our psyche, our emotions, and our spiritual energies as well. So some people work with the chakras more for physical healing. Some people work with them more. There's, there's chakra therapy. There's like a counseling and therapeutic ways of working with the chakras for emotional healing. I do a lot of trauma healing using the chakras. And then there's spiritual traditions that really focus on the chakras as ways of experiencing mystic energies. So there's really a lot of different ways to work with the chakras. Where are the chakras located? They, the seven that are in this system, the first chakra is 
I use the tailbone as the focal point for it. It's really considered kind of just inside of the tailbone because it's considered that you have this central channel running right up the center of your torso. Then I work with the second chakra is in your pelvis. The third is in your belly. The fourth is in your heart, your chest. The fifth is in your throat. The sixth is in your forehead. And the seventh is at the top of your head, the rear fontanel. When the, the, the section of, the, of a baby's head, one of the sections that's, that's not closed when they're first born, when we're first born. And that, that is the, the seventh uh, chakra. You know, we, we correlate them with these parts of our physical body because that's where you would focus on when you're trying to focus on a chakra, but they're not quite in your physical body, right? Because they're considered part of this energetic system that can't really be accessed solely on the physical level, although you focus on a physical body part to access it. You can't actually see the chakras. You know, many people would say that with your second sight, which is associated with one of the chakras, the third eye, the sixth chakra, <laughs> that you can see it, you know, that you will have uh, visions of different colors. I would say there's different ways to sense energies. For some people, it's more physical. They sense a warmth or a tingle in a particular chakra. For some people, it is visual. For other people, it's more emotional. When they focus on a chakra, they really, over time, develop the ability to feel the emotions associated with that chakra. So I think there's different access points in. Some people do see them. Other people don't see them the way we think of vision, but they feel them. You have to be intuitive to, to work with the chakras? Yes, but I would say we're all intuitive. You know, uh, that's not something that only certain people have. Certain people may have very specific gifts in that area, but mm -hmm. everyone is naturally intuitive. We have ways of knowing that are beyond the conceptual mind. And yes, you are connecting to those other levels of knowing to connect to the chakras. How did you get involved in this work in energy healing? Yeah, well, really uh, over 30 years ago when I was getting out of college, I, when I first entered the workforce in, in computer science, right, but totally in New York City, so wow. totally different field, right? <laughs> yeah, very different field. You know, I started having headaches and stomach aches and, and went through this whole medical process. And eventually the medical doctor just said, you need to learn how to handle stress, right? And so looking for ways to do that, I ended up in a meditation class, which was very unusual then, right? Now... There's a lot of focus on mindfulness and different forms of meditation to help with stress management. At that time, it was fairly rare. And the meditation class that I ended up in just happened to be a chakra meditation class. There are many forms of meditation. Focusing on the chakras is one type. It really comes out of the yogic traditions, yoga traditions. And I really connected with it right away. So at first, it was a stress management practice that helped. It evolved into a personal spiritual practice. And from there, I then became interested in what I call the other side of the chakras, which is the energy healing side of it and pursued training in that. And over time made the transition into that as a career. And I was especially interested in women's energetics because of experiences I had after my first daughter was born. I was very interested in how women's energy shifts with pregnancy, postpartum. Now in my mid fifties, uh, going through the perimenopause and menopausal transit, I discovered a lot of fascinating information about how the energy body shifts at that time. 
So that's what I call women's energetics is that intersection of energy body teachings specific to women's life cycles and phases. Can you touch more on the perimenopausal and the menopause aspect of how to use the chakras and energy work and how that affects women who are in their fifties and going through that stage of life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I, I like to talk about perimenopause. I don't know if you've talked about it on your show because some women have never heard of it until, you know, they're in their forties or the perimenopause is that phase that is pre menopause, meaning your cycle has not stopped. You're considered menopausal in the medical establishment when your cycle has stopped for one year or longer, right? But perimenopause, women can have for up to 10 years before that, their cycle becomes irregular or they have different symptoms. And you're going through this whole transit, usually in your forties. And within spiritual traditions, a lot of women's spiritual traditions, although it can be a challenging time, it's considered a time of great potential for growth. And that's reflected in what's going on in our energy body. Really one way to think about it is anything you haven't faced is likely to rise up. And if you find ways to handle that, to deal with that, if you have past trauma you haven't quite dealt with, if you have relationship issues, if you have emotional patterns that you haven't quite dealt with in terms of anger or disconnecting, those things are going to be highlighted for you. And if you lean into that as part of your healing process, there are great shifts in your energy. There's flows, releases that happen that make uh, the transit postmenopausal into one of greater power and wisdom, because that is what it is meant to be, our wisdom years. And wisdom within energy traditions isn't just like intellectual knowledge or lived experience. It's actually sort of an energy owning and you carry yourself differently and you impact other people energetically differently. It's also a time when a woman's intuition, including pretty pronounced psychic abilities uh, and healing abilities, if someone has those latent within them, are really likely to flower if someone again does the work, as I put it, right? And working with the chakras is one way to do the work. How does, I know that when, when we're stressed or we're going through traumatic issues, sometimes our bodies absorb that, that, that energy within there. How does working with the chakras release that within our body? I think there's two sides to it. One is tuning into how that is held in your body and in your energy body, which we can, a lot of us have tendencies to disconnect from our bodies when we're feeling stressed. Meaning we go into coping mechanisms that may serve us in some way, but actually disconnect us from what's going on, right? We escape, <laughs> whether you know that's through social media or it could be a substance abuse, right? Or even TV or any number of methods, shopping, you know? Yeah. And so the first step in chakra work is somatic, meaning connecting with the body. Where do you feel that anxiety in your body? Uh, where do you feel stress in your body? You, it may be physical. You may be like, oh, my shoulders tense up. My back starts to hurt. I get a headache. If you go a little deeper, you'll be like, oh, wow, actually it's like this cloud in my chest, you know, that's so tight or I get this constant churning in my stomach. When you tune into that, you realize, okay, that's not a purely physical feeling, it's energetic. And you can then tune into that and you can imagine, you can use breath work and chakra visualization to imagine it dissolving. 
And that is a very helpful tool in the moment that you can use. But the flip side of it then is activating the positive side of the nearest chakra and bringing in that energy. So for example, if you're feeling very anxious, the root chakra is considered the chakra of grounding, of being able to stay present with discomfort, staying calm. So you might activate that root chakra at your tailbone. You might focus there. You might say some affirmations while you're focused at your tailbone. I'm grounded. I can stay present for this. I can stay in this moment and choose my response, right? Or if you're feeling very hurt, you might focus on your heart chakra and you might visualize light in your heart chakra and really just imagine that growing and say, I can soothe myself, I'm okay, et cetera. And it's a way of countering the reactive pattern that you might otherwise have. If you focus on the chakras daily, if you incorporate some sort of chakra contemplation, healing or meditation daily, what starts to happen is those energies become more active automatically. So when you're looking to access them during your day, they're more present for you. They're more real because you've been practicing them. Uh, so th these are the ways it can really help you to know about each chakra and what energies they're associated with. Can you explain for those who don't know what each chakra correlates to or what the energy, what energy goes with what chakra? Yeah, I think I'll focus more in on the emotional side because that's more where my work is. Um, okay. As I said, there's also more ex explicitly spiritual paths and then there's physical medicine paths, right? So we'll, sit, we'll kind of stay in the emotional lane for personal growth. The root chakra, when it is open and strong, this is the one focused at the tailbone, is about, like I just was speaking of, feeling very grounded and safe in the body. So if you have patterns of trauma and not feeling safe in your body or disassociating, this is one you want to strengthen. The second chakra in the pelvis is very much linked to feminine energy, which, which both men and women have, and sensuality, creativity, and flow. So if you feel you're perhaps rigid, it's difficult for you to access, to be adaptable, you don't feel like you're creative, the, or, or you're really disconnected from sensual pleasure, this may be a chakra that you want to, you want to work on more. Uh, the navel center or third chakra in the belly is associated more with self-definition, personal power, confidence, will, execution, being able to get things done, right? So if you're sort of scattered, this is the chakra, right? If you have issues with boundaries, when people have issues, they feel as if they take emotions on from other people, we're often working on strengthening that navel chakra to be able to affirm boundaries. The heart chakra, as you would expect in the chest, is linked to our ability to both feel loved, accept love, attract love, and express it in all forms, right? And so it's, and it's really very much our center. It's our relational self. The throat chakra, as you might expect, has a lot to do with expressing ourself, but also with hearing. It, it's really communication, the feedback loop, out and in. It's like the link between our inner self and our outer world. And so it's really about being able to feel like you can connect. The third eye then is intuition, imagination, insight. The three I words I always say, right? Inside, insight in terms of being able to really look at yourself and see your own patterns. 
but then intuition to see things underneath the surface and imagination in terms of imagining new things that are outside of our normal reality. And then the crown is the chakra that is the most explicitly spiritual, but it's really about meaning and purpose. So for someone who doesn't consider themselves spiritual, it might be just, what do you value? You know, an echo warrior, someone who's really environmentally conscious, they could say, oh, I'm not religious and spiritual at all. But that environmental cause could be their form of purpose and meaning. So they still have a strong crown chakra. But traditionally, it is more associated with spiritual experience, connection with the divine, however you, and trust in the divine, however you experience that or name that. So it really is going from the material to the spiritual. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And I've heard that like the lower three chakras have to do with the, the physical and the upper three chakras have to do with the spiritual and the fourth chakra has to do with the bridge between the two worlds, which is kind of a, a neat way of, of looking at the chakras. So how would you, how would you tell people or how do you work with people who come to you for energy healing to strengthen their chakras or to who have like low energy centers? How can you tell which chakra needs to be worked on? Yeah, because I focus primarily on emotional healing and emotional repatterning. We're going to be talking about, you know, what is going on in your life that you feel is problematic. And usually it's going to be, I just feel deep anxiety. I have patterns of anxiety or depression, or I have anger issues, or I have these triggers. So we're always looking for who triggers you and what situations trigger you. You know, that's where it's juicy. (laughs) Because when you're looking at your triggers, things that occur, things that really, you know, pull you off balance over and over could plunge you into external behavior you don't like, like you feel you get overly angry or overly domineering or internal narratives. I'm no good. You know, I can't do this. Self-doubt, fears, whichever it is those triggering experiences are showing you internal beliefs that you have. And based on what those internal beliefs are, we're then going to work with the associated chakra that's represented as blocked, right? So if someone is very anxious a lot of the time and feels they disconnect from their body when they do, they sort of space out, disconnect, can't get anything done. That means they're ungrounded. We're definitely going to be working with the root chakra. If someone has a lot of feelings of unworthiness, we're going to be working with the heart. If some, some, someone is just really scattered or just lacks confidence, we're going to be working with the navel. If someone feels they just never have new ideas, they want their life to change, but they have no idea what that means. They have no sense of vision. We might be working with a third eye. Usually it's more than one, right? These are very simple examples. And so we're going to be, I'm going to be giving them specific tools. And that's what's in, in my book, Tracker Empowerment for Women specific tools to focus in either on one chakra at a time for a period of time or one or two at a time for a period of time. And that is your theme for a period of your life, for a period of weeks, that that's what you're trying to change. Then at the same time, we're going to be working with just everyday tools. If you're feeling this, focus on this chakra and do this affirmation right in that moment. So you're working both with kind of a daily practice and an on-the-spot thing to bring about changes. So how can, if say someone has sexual trauma, they've experienced sexual trauma in their life and they're still carrying that trauma within their body. How can working within the chakras help sexual trauma survivors? How can, how can it release 
obviously we're carrying that trauma within our body, but how, do, how does it work? How does it work would be, I'm not sure I can necessarily say, you know, what I always say to people that are like, I don't know if I believe in any of this is, you know, just try it and it either works or it doesn't. I don't know if I can necessarily explain to you why it works, right? So just yeah. try it. And many people that come to me are, have are, are already done therapy or are in therapy. Like they, they realize the value of, more, of other traditional modalities, but they're looking for something to add to that. So that's what we're working with. And I think with sexual trauma in particular, it can be hard to connect with the body. One of the most common patterns that I see in someone who was especially sexually abused as a child is some level of disconnection from the body because the body doesn't feel safe. And so the chakras are a gentle way of learning to focus on the body because you do use these locations in the body as a focal point. And then that root chakra energy really is about the root and sacral really are about reconnecting to the body and pleasure in a way that doesn't feel dangerous, in a way that feels safe. So we're often working with the first and second chakras. Then there can be deep feelings of shame or unworthiness locked in the heart, and we'll be working there. There can be patterns of, I don't deserve boundaries, maybe because it was an authority figure that abused you. So it can be working with that third chakra to affirm boundaries. So you just have all these layers. It is often lower chakra work, but then eventually we get up into the upper chakras because it impacts someone's ability to trust, which has to do with those upper chakras. You know, this your spiritual path has a lot to do with trust. And so often that's shut down or hyperactive in a sexual trauma survivor. Is there one, excuse me, one chakra that is more important than another chakra? Not overall to an individual at a certain point in their life. Yes. Right. You're going to have different things that you're, you're working with or that are called upon at a certain point in your life. But just in general, no, they are meant to be a full holistic system. We're a full holistic body and exactly. Yeah. Spiritual, emotional. Now, what how does how does meditation and yoga work into the chakras? Well, for individuals who already meditate, just incorporating a bit of focus on a chakra that they would like to bring more energy to or that they're working on healing themes around is the simplest way, right? You just focus, for example, at your heart chakra. You either just visualize light there, even just hold your hand there, simple. And that's your anchor now for your meditation instead of your breath or whatever else you might be doing. You're just pulling your mind back over and over to this feeling of light and warmth in that location. And you can do that with any any chakra. And that is basic chakra meditation. Now in yoga traditions, there's what's called pranayama. There is more complex um, breathing sequences that are connected to different chakras where you're say holding energy in one chakra with your breath and then releasing it upward and things like this that are very helpful for clearing and getting different forms of prana going. We have two energies within the yoga traditions that we're usually talking about in reference to the chakras. Prana, which is linked more to the physical vitality, and kundalini, which is linked more to personal growth and spiritual growth. So you might be working with either one, depending on what you're interested in. I have a question about your book, which I have right here for those who are on the video. You can see, yeah, I love the colors and everything. I thought that was a really cool thing. 
how how are it's a very interactive book i've noticed i've started reading it and i absolutely love it but it's very interactive can you explain to the listeners how can how are we supposed to use the book yeah as a tool for working with the chakras well, I wanted it to be extremely pragmatic. Most women are extremely busy, right? So it's completely oriented around 12 tools, one for each of the seven core chakras, and then the last five tools combine chakras. So uh, you can pick, you could just work on one tool. You could work with one chapter, you know, I, and it really lays out for you. It's got a visual, it's got affirmations, it's got a how-to steps. If you go to the book website, it has a recording of me leading you through it. So you could just pick, you could read the book and be like, wow, I really need to work with my root chakra and just do that one. So that's, that's really how I tried to make it. You can also work with it as a sequence that takes you all the way through. You could work with each tool for one week, for example. And that's what I do. I have a three-month course. That's actually starting next week, although I think this probably won't air till after that, but it's a, it's a, it's a three-month course that takes you through one, one a week kind of thing to take you through that as an arc to connect with your energy body in a new way. But you could just pick and choose. Oh, I need to work on boundaries. Then you go to the second skin chapter, what's called the second skin chapter, which is about using the navel and root chakra together for boundaries. And there's a lot of examples of that. This is a great tool to be able to, to use to help work through a lot of issues that women have. I mean, this is one releasing shame and allowing pleasure. Mm-hmm. Huge. Very huge. Yes. And then there's, there's chapters on hormonal issues for women who are going through the change of life. And yeah, so very, very good book for me right now. <laughs> glad. Yes. So what led you to write the book? You know, it was really based on workshops that I had been doing and I wanted to put it in a format or at least some of the material in a format that others could access because I think it's important work. I also just think right now we are in this time where women's energy is rising up, right? And we're redefining gender and we had the me too movement there's a lot of awareness around things like shame and uh sexual abuse and things like that women's empowerment and so i wanted to contribute to the discussion around that from the perspective of providing women with real energy tools to use you said you 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 also work on uh, you do workshops as well. Are they local to where you're at, or are they online? How can people? They are now all online. <laughs> I mean, I was always doing some online, but COVID took it even more, right? So they're all done <laughs> online. Yeah, I do a three month course twice a year, tied to the book, and then I do uh, one off workshops like chakra manifesting, chakra boundaries. Uh, and I do one on menopause. I do one on sexual abuse healing. So I do those as sort of three hour Saturday morning workshops. I usually run those at least twice a year as well. What is your website? Enlightenedenergetics.com. Enlightenedenergetics.com. I will also have that in the um, show notes as well for those who would like to check out the workshops and then also get Lisa's book, which is also available on Amazon as well and other places too but amazon for sure yeah and i'm on social media too for anyone out there on instagram or facebook or 
Twitter. <laughs> you like a wealth of knowledge when it comes to energy healing. What, what is something, what is something else about energy healing or the chakras that those who may not have any idea what, what those are, what is something that they really need to know about and should walk away from this episode understanding? That they're accessible to anyone, that there are different ways to connect with them. And so you just find what works for you that it's a technology that's really like available to all of us, just like we all mm -hmm. have a physical body and we all need to find, for example, the form of exercise that works for us. It's really very similar with your energy body. Everyone has one. There is a tool that'll work for you. I think that's really the, and there's so much value to working with it. Well, that brings up another really good point. We go to the doctors for our physical body. Why is it important to also take care of our energetic body? That's what it means to be a holistic being. We are mind, body, and spirit. And our energy body is really an intersection between our body and our spirit. So you want to be taking care of that as well. And it will add to your ability to take care of both your physical body and your spirit. Love it. I think this is a, such an important topic for so many people, especially because it's so hard because you can't see the energetic body like you can see our physical body. So it's, it's so hard to, to take into account that that's also an extremely important thing, even yeah. the spiritual body. Yeah. But like you said, we're, we're a whole being and that's part of being the whole being. Is there anything else that you would like to mention or bring up or talk about today that we need to No, I just really appreciate being here. And I do think it's a time when more and more people are connecting with their energy body. So I hope some listeners out there will give it a try. <laughs> I think they will. Well, I have one question that I asked all of my guests. I always love hearing what my uh, guests have to say about it. If you had an opportunity to sit on a park bench with someone, whether that person is a dead or alive, who would it be and what would you talk about? Well, there is this uh, woman, Tibetan Buddhist teacher from 11th century Tibet, who I know a lot about, who is just fascinating. She was just a real uh, leader of her time, one of the first Tibetan women to sort of found spiritual teachings and I did a lot of work with both energy body and many other practices. Her name was Machig Labdron. And I would love to just sit on a bench with her. And she was also a mother and a grandmother and all of that. So I would just love to sit on a bench with her and learn more about her life and how she did what she did at that time in history and in that place. Wow. It's funny because I asked that question and I, I, I find out so much about people I've never heard of before. Yeah. And yeah. so I love asking that question. <laughs> and she's, yeah, one of, she's, yeah. she's one of those people I've never heard of before, but I'm going to have to look her up. And Exactly. Yes. Go to taramandala.org and you can learn more about her too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you for joining us today on Butterfly Kisses. And everyone, please make sure you check out Lisa's book, Chakra Empowerment for Women. This is her book again and you can check out her website and I will have all of that information in the show notes for everybody and this has been a pleasure having you on today thank it's you. been a pleasure Amy thank you for your wonderful questions and for your own work in the world I appreciate it thank you bye everybody have a great week mm -hmm.
Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time. See ya.